This is episode number 22 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last week, I talked about curiosity. This week, I'm going to teach you a simple tool for bringing magic back to your relating. I'm defining magic as the ability to feel the preciousness of each moment in a visceral, embodied way. Think turning stale air into sparkly pixie dust. Magic like that. I'm going to start by telling you a story. In 1998, I was awarded a year-long Fulbright Fellowship to study breast cancer survivorship in London. When I received the grant, I was 22, had just graduated college, and knew little of myself or the world. My Fulbright year was a defining one and a lonely one. Lucky for me, along the way, I met Simon. Simon was a dusty blonde 20-something Australian studying architecture in London, who was also feeling lonely and misplaced. We met at the tube station and became friends. Simon and I would walk through South London, discovering neighborhoods, telling stories, and making one another feel a little less lonely. One Friday evening, we were on our way to a concert in the heart of London and waiting for the train. It was already dark and the skyline shone bright, twinkling yellow and gold on the distant horizon. I had already been living there for several months by then, but had seen more of my basement research office than the city. Suddenly, Simon's eyes lit up. He jumped up from the bench we were sitting on and turned to me and said, On the count of three, say London. Um, what? I said, standing up myself. Don't think about it, just do it, he said, excitedly. A big theme in our friendship was finding ways to resist the depression that, like a clingy fog, felt all-consuming in that dense metropolis. I was willing to try. He began his count. One, two, three, London. We said it together. And without needing any more explanation, I turned slowly from looking at Simon to looking out at the horizon. And I got it. It was as if my feet connected suddenly with gravity. I landed firmly on that train platform and my eyes opened as if for the first time to the magnificence that was the city before me. I saw it all without a film over my eyes. I was really there. Since 1998, I have told this story countless times, and each time it brings me back. Somehow, because I was fully there, even if just for an instant, the moment became endless. I can almost feel the London night air on my skin. You might be able to relate to feeling stuck in a fog and risking missing the moment of your life. There are likely good reasons why this may be happening. Here we are in May of 2021, and the world is so filled with divisiveness, uncertainty, and big stressful questions that do not have easy answers. To cope when there is sensory overload, when our brains are so full that we can't take any more in, we need to conserve resources. 
and so we recede. We shrink our capacity to pay attention. We crawl under a blanket. We check out through food or media or substances. Moments may become a little more gray or dull, but at least we are giving our systems a break. Now, let me make clear that there's nothing wrong with the need to take sensory breaks when it feels like our environment and the pressures on us won't slow down. For a short time, this kind of leaning out from life can help us catch our breath. The risk with this shortcut is in getting stuck here and making numbing out from life our M.O., cheating us of our lives and cheating the people around us of our vitality. So let's break down what happened on that platform. How do we come out of that fog and back into our lives? Well, in one word, Simon shook my reality. But what did he actually do? It was quite simple. He named where we were, and then the phenomenon that is the London skyline did the rest of the work. Of course, we can't all be standing at the edge of the world's greatest skyline. But all of us, no matter who you are, have access to the kind of moments that can move us to tears when we really let their significance hit us, if we are willing to notice. One, two, three. You are listening to my voice talk about getting present. You are sitting, you are standing, you are walking, or maybe lying down. You have your headphones on, or perhaps you are listening on a speaker. You are driving. You are alone, or you are next to a partner or friend also listening. You have met me and have fond memories of us. Perhaps you are my client. Maybe you don't know me at all. Right now, you and I are sharing a moment and something very important in common. We both want more from this life and are willing to stretch, to learn, and to listen to create it. I'm going to breathe in gratitude for that bond with you right now, and I invite you to join me. So it's like that. I call what I just did sequencing. You could also describe this as framing. By any of these names, sequencing or framing, the outcome is the same. Putting a neutral frame of words around the thing that is happening helps us come more fully into it. Here's a personal example. I've been really busy lately with clients and extra projects and have seen my husband very little. Saturday night, he came over for a much-needed date. When we finally wrapped our arms around one another, my senses, gone dull from the stress of the week, began to light back up. Wanting to soak in each drop of the moment, I caught his gaze and blurted, You are my husband. He smiled. He is used to me making these sorts of declarations by now. Yes, he replied lovingly, and you are my wife. As I breathed our words in, the preciousness of this man to me and the joy I was feeling with our bodies intertwined became more real. By stating simply that he is my husband, I was calling myself more fully there to be with him. 
Resisting the pull into numbing ourselves out of life does take a literal calling ourselves back. Being back from no place, no time, coming back to the current time zone, the present geography, and our own skin. Tuesday morning, my son is smiling at me. Thursday midday, I can feel the sunlight on my face. One, two, three, Seattle, or Dallas, or planet Earth. Thursday evening, listening to a podcast on intimacy and feeling my breath. Saying these frames places us, orients us, and engages us back to life. For this week's homework, try the practice of sequencing at least once within the next 24 hours, and ideally three more times this week. At any moment in time, you can give a neutral accounting to yourself of what's happening. No one has to be around. Sitting in my car, listening to a sad song, and feeling wet tears on my face. But if you are sharing a moment with loved ones, giving a sequencing out loud can be a powerful way to drop everyone into the sanctity of the now and seize the one chance we all really have to appreciate this instance of life. If you have lost someone this year, as many of us have, you know how truly unrepeatable each moment together is. My hope for you and for all of us is that this simple action of sequencing our moments may remind you of what we are truly here for. It's not for the moments ahead. It's for this one, right now. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Intimacy.